Welcome back in, everybody, to the Chris Mathis Podcast. Chris Mathis, again, in front of my co-host, Spencer Mathis, once more on TCM Pod as we get you guys ready for this upcoming week's worth of playoff football, final four games, final eight teams alive as we wait to see who comes out on top and uh, advances to the next round. Uh, But first and foremost, have to start off the show with uh, the announcement of big news, which will be kind of broken down a little bit later in the show. Uh, But you guys want to stick around for that because huge news regarding our Talk to Him Tuesday coming up here on Tuesday on the podcast. Pretty awesome stuff. And Spencer will take part in this interview as well. It's that big. But anyways, am I wrong? We come off of uh, some hot takes from last week. I said the Raiders would beat the Bengals and Cincinnati. I was, in fact, wrong. The final score in that one, 26-19. The Raiders fell short. Derek Carr came up short. He had an opportunity there on a two-minute drive. Um, and the Raiders unable to pull out a victory, but it was a very good game. Cincinnati proved that they are a legitimate team. I don't know if their defense is big en- is great enough for them to go much further in the playoffs. It might end this week, but either way, I'll wear this one on my sleeve. The Raiders did lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. My hot take was wrong, and Derek Carr's playoff hopes uh, diminish as uh, he fell short against the Bengals last week, but I know that the hot take that everybody was talking about on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TCM underscore pod was your hot take. As you said, Big yeah. Ben. I said the Predator was going to take down the Ketchup King in Kansas City, Missouri. Not where you think it is. But in Kansas City, Missouri, I believed that the Chiefs were going to fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. But it did not go that way like most people did believe. Uh the Steelers went up 7-0 to zero in the beginning of the game after a T.J. Watt fumble for six. And then from then on out, Big Ben Roethlisberger just showed off how he is playing all season. He he was averaging like four yards a pass. He, he threw two touchdowns, surprisingly no interceptions, and he brought him down the field to the five-yard line on his final drive of his career and couldn't score a touchdown as the time ran out. So they lost by 21. Honestly, it could have been much more, could have been a little bit less if if they maybe would have sat Ben at halftime when they were only down by, like, 17. I think they still would have had a chance. I think Mason Rudolph is a better quarterback currently than Ben Roethlisberger was, so I think it would have been beneficial for them to probably sit uh, Big Benny in this one after halftime. But they ended up losing by 21. I think it was 42-21. to It was a valiant effort by the Pittsburgh Steelers, though. Yeah, it was a pretty awful game for Big Ben, his final NFL game of his career, and I thought that – he looked terrible, and as you said, I think if they would have pulled him at halftime, I think that maybe Mason Rudolph could have made it a closer game because after the end of quarter number one, I thought, hey, you know, Spencer's hot take could happen as long as they score 28 points. Yeah, of course, it was like 0-0 zero to zero at the end of the first quarter. But, I mean, Deontay Johnson, one of, the be- one of their best receivers, was dropping every single pass coming his way in the first quarter, and then the drops ended up going to Juju. And then so on. Claypool couldn't catch the contested catches that he usually does. So it was a lot of drops as well for Big Ben in his final game, but not as bad as it could have been for Big Ben's final game in his 39-year-old season where he plays like a 48-year-old. So, And he had a send-off a few weeks back, his final game at home at Heinz Field. So uh, Big Ben did live it up. Obviously, he hindered the Pittsburgh Steelers this season and held them back. I think they were missing probably two or three additional wins if they had – 
a decent quarterback, someone yeah, that could throw the like ball. Like Jameis Winston. If they had Jameis Winston, I think yeah. they would still be in the playoffs at this point. I don't think they would have played the Chiefs because the, the NFL would have shaped up in a different way than it actually did. But I think Jameis Winston could have got them a playoff win for the Steelers, but they just didn't want to let go of Big Ben. And now they're stuck with – it's either Dwayne Haskins or Mason Rudolph next season at this point. No good quarterbacks in the draft where they're picking. So I saw Mason Rudolph earlier this week said, uh, basically in a nutshell, that he was happy that yeah. Big Ben's done because he doesn't have to worry about <laughs> stepping on uh, anybody's toes. So that's a, that's a shot from Mason. Even if you don't like Big Ben or think he's good, he should have gave him some kind of props Yeah, uh, realistically. That's a bad look on Mason, and I'm sure that Mike Tomlin, legendary Steelers head coach, was not too enthused with the fact that his uh, predecessor at quarterback said that about a legend, you know. Yeah. Big Ben's in history books, and uh, two Super Bowl wins, made it to three Super yep. Bowls in his career. Uh, had some insane seasons, of course, with Antonio Clown, I mean Brown, uh, receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But with that, transitioned us into playoff teams of the past, teams that just came up short last weekend and had their uh, Lombardi hopes come to an end. I'm talking the Las Vegas Raiders. They fell short, of course, to the Cincinnati Bengals by seven. Derek Carr and his playoff run over. I think he's still under contract there uh, with the Raiders, but there is, you know, kind of uh, some talk about where or who they're going to bring in at yeah. head coach next season, and that'll determine, I think, what happens with Derek Carr. Um, I'm hearing that maybe. Let me mute that right quick. I, I'm hearing that maybe uh, Harbaugh might be a, a fit, but I think that's just all talk. If Which you guys Harbaugh? saw uh, from Michigan, yeah, hmm. there was a report saying that uh, he would be willing to accept that job if that job was offered to him. I think that's just him saying, hey, or his people saying, hey, you know, he's ready to get back in the NFL, and then the other teams will hop back on it because they don't want the Raiders, a playoff team, to get a coach like that. But I wouldn't move on from who they currently have at head coach. New England Patriots came up short. They got beat badly 47-17 to last week against the Buffalo Bills. Mac Jones, yeah, let's just go ahead and end those uh, Tom Brady comparisons. I, I know that he is a rookie in the NFL and whatnot, but Mac Jones overshoots his target often. I mean, he was yeah. overthrowing guys over their head. It's not like he was really throwing 10 yards beyond a receiver. It was just over their head. They were having to leap out of their shoes to make a catch, and they just could not do it. Uh, Buffalo had their way with New England. Bill Belichick and his Patriots looked flat, and they didn't make any adjustments at halftime, which shocked me. I thought that Bill would at least make it a competitive second half or try to, mm -hmm. and there was no sign of that. The pa uh, Patriots looked lost there in the second yeah, half. Yeah, Mac Jones, just, he, he just can't play in the cold games, it seems. And he, if Once he brings out that uh, swimsuit of his, you know he's going to have a bad game. Here. He threw two interceptions this week. His QBR was like a 75. I mean, he had an awful game, and Josh Allen destroyed them. So, Yeah, Josh Allen lit it up. And the Patriot defense, you know, typically pretty good. Uh, and obviously the Bills had their way. They won two out of three this year against the Patriots, even though the Patriots won the first time 14-10. to 10. Bills waxed them the last two matchups. The Philadelphia Eagles had their seasons come to or their season come to an end as they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday. Big time win there. The Buccaneers killed them 31-15 mm -hmm. and uh the Eagles uh you know I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts after that game. It was expected. I mean, we were up 31 to 0 at the end of the third quarter. So, I think Jalen Hurts apparently he had a uh, ankle sprain, like a high ankle sprain. That's why he couldn't move as well. He was off all game. 
he was under pressure a good amount of the game. He was he only got sacked twice somehow. I felt like we had more than that, but going back and looking at the stat sheet, we only had two sacks on him. So he was getting away a little bit, but he was not completing passes when he was. And the Bucks won. 31-15 to was the final score, but it was much worse than that. Eagles finished their year 9-8 and eight on the season. Not a bad year at all for the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think that everybody could agree with their head coach. They've really laid the foundation. Yeah. They really – and they're starting to see – their corn is about to pop up in rows. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I think that if they would have got the ball to Devontae Smith a little bit earlier, it might have been a little bit of a closer game, but they really struggled to I get it I don't think they Smith. could. Uh, Jamel Dean was locking him down. I saw a couple of the clips after the game. He, yeah, he had his best game yeah. as a Buccaneer, defensive back for the Bucs. Uh, but either way, you got to get the ball uh, to, you know, your best playmakers. And Devontae is definitely one of your better playmakers, if not the best playmaker on the field. The Dallas Cowboys and their fans finally got shot up, uh, shut up. As they shut up. shut up. That probably happens a good amount where they are. As they lost to the 49ers, 23-17. And uh, that was cool to see because I didn't buy into the Cowboys. Every year they have so much national media attention saying, oh, this is their year. Uh, and Mike McCarthy, their head coach, just not a great head coach. Just not a great no. head coach. And he was like that with the Green Bay Packers years ago. He said after the game that he could tell his guys were nervous heading into the game. Why would you tell a reporter that? If, that you couldn't basically have your guys in check heading into the biggest game of the season against yeah. a winnable team, the 49ers. 49ers are good, but that's a game that the Cowboys should have gone in. They were the home team. And like you said, you I think you picked the Cowboys to win that game. No. Okay. You, you thought about it, though, and you said that maybe the home team, home field advantage yeah. would work, and they did not. Uh, Dak Prescott played average once more, and I said that it was going to come down to if Dak could play at an elite level or if Dak would play subpar like he's been each and every other week in the NFL this season, and they lost. The Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, Wait. got beat. Wait, we have to continue talking about this because Jimmy G tried to give them an opportunity to win this game, and Dak could not capitalize on it. He moves to 1-3 and three in the postseason in his career. Zeke Elliott has fallen off the wagon as of recent. He's not the same running back he was four years ago. I mean, the team is kind of just going downhill from here. They've got Micah Parsons next year. they got to see what they want to do with Dak. I think they're going to have to re-sign him. You're not going to find a better quarterback. But in the postseason, he seems to just turn off his lights inside, a lot like what we saw with Kyler Murray this week. So, Yeah, Kyler was uh, pretty awful. We'll get more into that here momentarily. Steelers lost again. Uh, Najee Harris is going to be a really good running back if they can get a better offensive line uh, to help beef up the front and give Najee a little bit more time to try to, you know, find a hole and then take off. I think he's going to be a really good running back. I don't think he's a Derrick Henry type running back by any means, but I think he's going to be solid. Uh, and then again, with that being said, I don't think there's any other running back that somewhat compares to Derrick Henry. He is the best, the epitome of what any team would want at a running back position. He's fast. He's strong. And uh, I mean, he had 2000 yards rushing last year. Hasn't played since week eight of this year and still a top eight rusher in total yards. And he's returning this week. And then we close out the playoff teams, the playoff teams of the past with the Arizona Cardinals, who looked pitiful as they got beat badly on Monday night against the L.A. Rams. The final score, 34-11. to Kyler Murray looked lost. Uh, again, Cliff Kingsbury did not have a great game coaching that one. And the Rams looked like they had a field day. As uh, OBJ showed out, he proved that may maybe you know his dad's not wrong about the fact that Baker Mayfield couldn't get on the ball in Cleveland, and uh, you know he played pretty well. I think he yeah, had he a had couple a of game. high point passes. 
He had one touchdown in the corner of the end zone that looked really good early in the game. And I think the game score at one point was uh, 21-0 yeah. at halftime. 21-0, the Cardinals were trailing the Rams. And I can't believe it. I thought that the Cardinals were going to win that game on the road. I know it was a tough task, but I really did feel like uh, the Cardinals would prevail that one. And I kind of screwed over my friend Tim. I said, hey, the Cardinals are the team to bet on. He had got a three-team parlay last week. And, uh, again, just like with Paul McBride, I screwed over his team. I screwed over Tim. Don't take betting advice from Chris Mathis is what I'm hearing. But, I mean, the Cardinals, I just didn't have any faith in them going into this game. The Rams are obviously a better team. They have a better defense. Their receiving core is a lot better because DeAndre Hopkins has been out the whole season. Kyler Kyler Murray near the end of the season with Kingsbury, they seem to fall off every year. The last two years they've fallen off the wagon. They lose in the playoffs. Murray with another uh, lackluster performance. It's either hit or miss for, for Kyler Murray, and you can tell in like the first quarter just based off his body language uh, – how he's going to play. He's a good he's a good quarterback if you live in a betting state where they have live bets cuz you can tell how he's going to be playing after the first quarter depending on what he looks like on the sidelines. So, I don't I think he's in the same boat as Dak Prescott in terms of being able to win games. They yeah, and you've it. been clowning on Kyler Murray all season long and I thought you were wrong about this game and clearly I was wrong. Kyler did not show up in that loss against the Los Angeles Rams over the weekend. Now, obviously, less NFL games going on right now as we get closer to Super Bowl Sunday. And with that comes less rookies to choose from. In fact, the NFL Pepsi Rookie of the Week no longer a thing in the postseason. So Mm -hmm. that makes it a little bit tougher to try to find a rookie that not only gets playing time in the NFL, but puts up productive numbers for us to pick and choose from. So I'm going to switch over to the the hardwood and pick a a rookie over there. that really has been balling out for the Cavaliers. Forward Evan Mobley, who had his 13th straight uh, scoring game in which he hit double digits, the longest streak for a Cleveland Cavalier since 2019, which is impressive. And uh, he's really, really good right now. He's in the running for Kia Rookie of the Year, and we're a little bit over halfway through the season. Um, Kia. Insanely good. Evan Mobley of the Cleveland Cavaliers, who has averaged 18 points, 8 assists, Five and a half rebounds, two steals, and shooting seventy-six percent from the field uh, wow. f- as of as of late, which is That's insane. Seventy-six percent, which is uh, numbers that Hall of Famers would love to put up. And again, he's averaging eighteen points. So, trying to give you guys a little bit of uh, a preview of what's to come once this NFL season ends for us here on the podcast, as we will talk about some NBA basketball, uh, of course, March Madness. With college yeah, the basketball, NHL playoffs. You guys are going to have to get interested in that because that is the best playoffs, better than the NFL playoffs, better than baseball, 100%. Oh, yeah, and uh, I think the way that we present the playoff coverage here on the podcast will definitely sell people to tune in and maybe catch up and pick up a team. Hopefully it's the Tampa Bay Lightning because you can't go wrong with the Lightning. Yeah. But either way, my rookie of the week, Cleveland Cavalier rookie forward Evan Mobley for a dominant performance not only last week but this season too for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, you said it was difficult to find a rookie in the NFL this week, but I found my rookie of the week in the first game of the uh, wild card round between the Raiders and the Bengals. And, of course, it is the rookie of the year consensus, of course. It's Jamar Chase. I mean, he had 120 receiving yards, 24 rushing yards in his first playoff game, and he makes that team much better with Joe Burrow back there, Joe Shiesty, uh slinging the rock to him. And it it's a deadly combination ever since LSU and 
I think that they might be a team that could go on a run here and maybe even make it to the uh, championship game in the AFC. So a big game for Bengals rookie Jamar Chase. He's my rookie of the week, and he might be my rookie of the week next week as well because I think he's going to have another big game versus the Tennessee Titans who do not have a great secondary, and they're going against a, a great quarterback at this point. I think Joe Burrow is a great quarterback. seems that everyone loves him. He's one of the top rookies. It's a shame we didn't get to see uh, Justin Herbert in the playoffs because he was having a great season as well, but that would have been an insane matchup if the Bengals and the uh, Chargers could have got a game in, but instead we had to watch uh, Ben Roethlisberger. So, again, who can't get enough mustard underneath the ball to complete a pass over five yards. I mean, the guy's dinking and diamond left and right, and people hate on Tom Brady for that over the years. Tom Brady still throws 50-plus through the year, yeah. and uh, they call Tom a dink and dimer. But in reality, it's Big Ben, and it has been Big Ben for probably the last two seasons. But you talk about uh, Jamar Chase and his quarterback and the chemistry they have. His quarterback, Joe Burrow, has six official nicknames, according to the Bengals' Twitter handle and their Twitter page. They tweeted Joey Franchise, Joey Burr, uh, Joe Shiesty, Joe Cool, Joey B, and then Joseph Lee Burrow. The guy is loaded. And he said after that game that, uh, the playoff win was awesome, but he said that's the new standard moving forward with him at yeah. quarterback for the Bengals. And that mindset, that mentality is scary for any team to have to go up against because I think Joe Burrow means it. And, uh, of course, he's a phenomenal quarterback that really can put his team on his back, but he doesn't even have to do that because he has so many weapons and they all click together. They're all cool with the amount of touches that they get. I'm talking Tyler Boyd. I'm talking T. Higgins. I'm talking Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and then Uzama, who is a uh, – Pick him up, pick him player of the week to the moon, fantasy pickup player of the week, probably about two months ago here on the show. So he's got so many weapons. It's a matter of if their defense can play at a high level here in the playoffs. And we'll find out with a tough opponent against the Tennessee Titans. And we'll talk about that here momentarily. But uh, moving on now with players of the week. And that was a little bit easier because, again, we had some uh, superstar players play in the playoffs over the weekend for NFL teams. My player of the week goes out to Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, 21 of 25, 308 passing yards, five touchdowns, 66 rushing yards on uh, six carries, 11 yards per carry. The dude is unreal, and I think that he's finally peaking at the right time for the Bills. The Bills are really standing out to me right now. And before the season started, I don't know who your Super Bowl preview was before the season started, but I had the Bills and the Bucks mm-hmm. in the big game. And I didn't think that the Bills really lived up to that expectation until this past weekend, and they really feel like you know they're on a roll right now. And uh, they had a video leak that uh, they feel like the Patriots' run is over. It's now their turn to take over and run with the division. And, yeah, it I is. mean, after I saw from Mac Jones or from what I saw from Mac Jones and then Joe Burrow, I think it's pretty clear – or not Joe Burrow. Uh, with Josh Allen, I think it's pretty clear that the Bills will be running that division for the next couple of years unless something happens and they can get – Mac Jones, a lot more talent than Tom Brady ever had in New England, which will not happen. No way, no shot whatsoever. But uh, Josh Allen, 21 of 25, 300 passing yards, five touchdowns through the year, 66 rushing yards, and then made that uh, Patriots defense look silly over the weekend. It was crazy. At Gillette Stadium, right? I mean, it was on the road, and they made the Patriots look silly. uh, Josh Allen, insane quarterback, and uh, makes me feel a little bit better. It was, it, was, uh, it was the Bills. Stadium. Okay. Makes me feel a little bit better about that investment I made a few weeks ago in that rookie card of 
Josh Allen. Speaking of, now's the time. Uh, if you guys want to purchase that, hit me up. I got that. Check me out on Twitter, the Chris Mathis, or Instagram, the Chris Mathis. Of course, check out and follow our Instagram and uh, Twitter page, TCM underscore pod. Yeah, Josh Allen has a big matchup. We'll get into that later. But that is the matchup that they have this week against the Chiefs is a lot like something that you would usually see in the AFC conference game, like the championship game. But instead, it's in the divisional round. So this is a huge matchup. And I think whoever wins that is going to be the one going into the Super Bowl for the AFC. But my player of the week this week was Buccaneers receiver Mike Evans. He absolutely dominated. He he torched uh, Darius Slay, who was a top cornerback in the league this year. Uh, he ended up with nine receptions for 117 yards and a touchdown uh, on 10 targets. He had nine receptions. I mean, he was basically catching everything that came his way, and he averaged 13 yards per catch, which is a lot. And he's done that his entire career. And he's so, huge. He's yeah. like what six six. And six, he's a great. And he's become a great route runner uh, over the past couple of years. So. I think he's a great receiver, and he is my player of the week for his 117-yard performance and a dominant win against the Philadelphia Eagles. And now we move on to L.A. So, obviously, the Buccaneers without Chris Godwin, who tore his ACL, MCL against the Saints a few weeks back. Yeah, it was ACL. ACL. And then uh, Antonio Brown quits his team, trots off the field, and then you look, okay, who do the Bucs have now? They have Rashard Perryman. They have uh, Cyril Grayson, who missed last week. They have Scotty Miller. Scotty Miller. They have another rookie or second-year player, Johnson. Tyler Johnson. And then Mike Evans, who Great. obviously is the, the better receiver of them all. And, uh, you know, Mike Evans had to ring the bell this week, and he did that. And then some, I thought Mike Evans looked extremely great uh, for the Buccaneer offense. And he looked quick, too, for his size. Yeah. Very underrated speed for his size. And uh, he can really break down a DB. He made Darius Slay look like a subpar corner on two or three plays. I think there was a key third down that Mike Evans stepped up and converted for the Buccaneers. It was like third and 13. Yeah, third and 10 right before halftime. We're only up by seven points at the time. And then he gets a 40-yard catch after the – a 40-yard run after the catch, and that basically set us up to score before halftime and then take over the game. Mike Evans, an insane wide receiver. He's done it for eight years, eight straight seasons of 1,000 yards receiving. Still underrated uh, yeah, by the national media. It's annoying. Yeah, it's People criminal. on Twitter – Everyone underrates him. They don't even think he's a top 10 receiver. He is most definitely a top 10 receiver. I can see if you don't want to call him a top 5, even though he would be top 5 for me. He's in. He's probably 4th or 5th on the top 5 list because of his consistency. I mean, he's had a 1,000-yard season every single year, but people will rate Keenan Allen above him, who is just not on the same level as Mike Evans, and a lot of people just do not see that. But hopefully Mike Evans has another big game this week because he has it's to. a much more difficult matchup. Yeah, he has to step up and... Tom Brady's going to have to look his way a lot this week, uh, but we'll see. Obviously, the return of Leonard Fournette, I hope, mm-hmm. will definitely help out the Buccaneers. I was impressed with Giovanni Bernard. We'll get more into detail with these and upcoming Keyshawn playoff Vaughn. games. Keyshawn Vaughn, too. We'll talk more about these playoff games here momentarily, but moving on, obviously the national media misses a lot. They don't give credit where credit is due. One thing that does not miss is the Drip and Ice, and Drip and Ice presenting the Shankarooski segment of the week. And I can't say this enough. Kickers are starting to do their job. They only missed two field goals this two field goals this week. Two kicks, not even field goals. It was two extra points by Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills. And Big then ball other Bass. 
Yeah, and otherwise, you know, across the league, 17 field goals were made and then 32 extra points were made. So only two missed yeah. kicks, not even field goals, both of which were misses by Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills in a win over the New England Patriots. So with that, I think it's pretty obvious as to who gets our Shankarooski award-winning kick of the week, and it goes to Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills. Fortunately, those kicks did not lead to a loss for his team, but he missed two extra points. Big-time shout-out to the Drip and Ice. Check out thedrippandice.com. Forgot the code again at home. I'm going to have to wash it for sure. I wore it the last two out of three shows. I wore this shirt the last three yeah. Thursdays when we record this podcast. So I, I, I would have worn mine today, but my last week's hot take melted some of the ice cream off of my shirt, and it's it's going down my jacket at the moment, so... Pop I'm going to top, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm po- I'm tossing that in the washer, then I'm going to put it in the freezer afterwards. Yeah, that'll definitely help. And again, The Drip and Ice is the place to check out. They're going to have a whole new line of merchandise here momentarily. I'll keep you guys updated with the latest scoop from the <laughs> owner, Cole, and of course his crew with The Drip and Ice. That brings you our uh, Shankarooski segment of the week. Now, this is something we have to insert the clown noise for the whatever you want to call it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Stooge of the week. And again, we've only talked about one or two times that I've been able to have a nomination as well. The suspension segment, but I think that it was pretty obvious as to who the Stooge of the week should be. We'll find out who Spencer's is. I got to nominate Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Cardinals, who had an awful week for the Arizona Cardinals. He did not show up in his playoff game. Uh, I mean, he looked soulless there in the second quarter. The game, they're, they're down by 17, something like that at one point. Still early enough in the game to where you think, okay, if they get things rolling, if they score and get one lucky defensive stop, they're still in the game. And Kyler, they flashed him uh, throughout the broadcast. He's sitting there on the bench, just looks deflated like he's already given up on his team. And, of course, it was a tough situation for Kyler playing against a very fast defensive line in the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, you've got Von Miller who stepped up. I think he had two and a half sacks Aaron Donald, Siri is not a part of that game, but Aaron Donald had a big game there for the Rams and looked solid. Even choked a guy and did not get any fine, any suspension. Choked yeah, an opposing player. He suspended for the rest of the season. At least for the upcoming game this weekend, right? Uh, but That's the rest of their yeah, season. That would end the rest of their season. But Kyler Murray had a terrible game, 19 of 34, 137 yards, uh, two interceptions, one of which he was under pressure. I think they were down by 10. And uh, he kind of runs around in the backfield for maybe two seconds, throws it up, picked off at the two-yard line, and taken to the house for six. And that was when I said that's the dagger because Kyler looked not only useless at quarterback for the Cardinals, but Kyler looked like he had lost all IQ for the game of football. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is when a quarterback is under pressure or having a tough night, either his athleticism goes, his ability to make a play goes, or his IQ goes. And I'd rather have the ability to make a play go because – uh, at least when you have some IQ, you can make the smart play. At least yeah. dump the ball off, not take a sack in the end zone, not throw a pick at the two-yard line for six. But Kyler lost all IQ uh, there. He didn't lose his athleticism. He just lost all IQ there, went under pressure from that Rams defensive line, and that was it. Kyler just looked absolutely yep. lost in that game. And you guys see that cover art that we have from CC Creations. You'll see how we felt about Kyler Murray and his performance last week. And the biggest game of his career, J.J. Watt was back. Uh, James Conner, I think, had a rushing touchdown. You said that's all he's good for. And he did score a touchdown there for the Cardinals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he um, did. Yeah, he did. He had uh, he had one. Uh, but either way, Kyler Murray is my stooge of the week. But, again, this is Spencer's segment. So, without further ado, here's Spencer 
with his Stooge of the Week. Well, I like your pick of Kyler Murray being the Stooge of the Week because if you were watching the Manning, ca- the Manning cast, uh, you had The Rock Johnson on as he was throwing that interception. He gave a he gave a locker room pep talk speech to Kyler Murray before the play, and during the play, he was he was giving his speech saying, "When your back's against the wall, you got to be able to push through it and get out of that end zone." And I mean, he got out of the situation he was in by making a Carson Wentz level read. A lot I've seen an interception exactly like that by Carson Wentz earlier this season. So Kyler Murray, an absolutely awful performance, a lot like Dak Prescott this week. And I knew it would happen. I just don't think he's a, a winning quarterback. But my suit of the week this week. Goes to two people. It is Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott. So the Cowboys are down by six with 14 seconds left. No timeouts. Near midfield. Second and four. And they run a QB sneak. A QB draw for a gain of 15. Into the middle of the field with no timeouts. And they think that they're going to get another playoff. And then once they don't, they blame the refs. But the bad thing about it is the center should have handed the ball directly to the referee Instead, he hands it to Dak Prescott. Prescott spots it himself, which you cannot do. Mm-hmm. So the ref has to pick up the ball, run over Prescott, and then they don't get the snap off. And the Cowboys fans are pissed off at at the referees. But it's just an awful play call by by Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, Kellen and Moore. Kellen Moore, who is definitely not going to be looked at for a head coach next season. I think that's all talk. But uh, Mike McCarthy, my stooge of the week. He is a big, fat stooge. He's been a big, fat stooge for the past 15 years, except for the one year where they had an insane defense and won a Super Bowl with Rodgers in, like, 2010. So uh, I I don't know about Mike McCarthy. He's going to still be the Cowboys head coach. I'd, all these rumors that he's going to be fired are just stupid. He's only been there for, I think this was his second, second year. year. So. Yeah. They sucked last year, but they didn't have Dak Prescott this year. They make the playoffs. They're just not a good franchise. They're called America's team just because Americans are forced to watch the Cowboys. And that's why we all cheer whenever they lose in the playoffs. And this week they lost to the 49ers in their home stadium. So Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, the Stooges of the Week. Uh, And I think that that franchise is just going to continue to trend downwards. Yeah, you talk about Mike McCarthy and his – failures as a head coach he'll be back for sure because look at Jerry Jones he has uh separation issues he held on to Jason Garrett for two three yeah, years they went eight long. and eight for like eight four out years. of seven years yeah, yeah. easy and um, Tony Romo was one and three in the playoffs now Dak Prescott's one and three in the playoffs he was one and two under Jason Garrett so both of those quarterbacks just are not winning quarterbacks especially with the combination of head coach that they have as well they should have gone with a more offensive-minded head coach for the offense that they have. I mean, they have C.D. Lamb, Jarwin. They have they have a lot of targets at receiver Amari Cooper, but instead they went with uh, Mike McCarthy, who had been on a one-year hiatus before being signed. So just a stupid pickup in general, and it ended up binding him in the ass, and they lost in the wild card round like a lot of people expected because it's the Cowboys. And what also sucks for Dallas is the fact that their defensive coordinator – is going to be yeah. on next year. Yeah, Dan 100%. Quinn. Dan Quinn is definitely going to get a job. And if you're Dan Quinn, you have to hop on that job right away. You don't want to sit around and say, hey, I'll stay for uh, my roles here with the Dallas Cowboys because if you have one bad year, which is probably bound to happen with the Cowboys, you just can't trust yeah, their I consistency. Mean, you're not getting a job. Yeah, so you, you have you to have, take it out. You have Micah Parsons, and then you have a, the cornerback that gives up the most yards, most touchdowns, most picks, yards per catch, yeah. but gets an interception once every two games. So. That's going to all go to shit next year, and you're going to see Trayvon Diggs is not a top cornerback. Somehow he was an AP All-Pro this year just based off his interceptions, which is insane because NFL people are the ones voting for that. 
yet he gives he gave up over a thousand yards in coverage, the most touchdowns, the most yards. So that's just a stupid pick. It should have gone to AJ Terrell, the cornerback for the Falcons, who led the league in the least yards given up this season, the least yards per reception given up, and zero touchdowns. I mean, I don't understand how he wasn't an AP All Pro this season, but they gave it to Trayvon Diggs, and Trayvon Diggs, not there. And luckily, he doesn't. He doesn't. They don't have an opportunity to make the Super Bowl because the Bills might be in the Super Bowl, and he would get absolutely torched by his brother Stephon Diggs. So, oh yeah, one on one, they would uh, they would try to line each other up, and Trayvon would get destroyed. But uh, talking more about the Dallas Cowboys coaching situation, you talk about Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator, who had a pretty good year. First time he's ever had a pretty good year as an offensive coordinator. Choked in the biggest situation of his coaching career, and he supposedly had some interviews this week. What would be the first question you ask? I would ask him, hey, what was your thought process with drawing up a quarterback draw with how many seconds left in the ballgame? 14. But the thing yeah. is that a lot of the fans will praise Kellen Moore whenever the Cowboys make a big play. And then whenever they do something stupid like they did at the end of the game, they'll blame it on Mike McCarthy. So you yeah. got to gotta pick who is the one calling the plays. Is it is it McCarthy or is it Kellen Moore? And it's obviously Kellen Moore, but Mike McCarthy has to give the nod, the go-ahead, and they're in cahoots, and they both absolutely made an awful decision with no timeouts. He had 14 seconds. That's that's two shots at the end zone at least, or a play to get 15 yards and out of bounds. So I think it was just a stupid play call. I ended up losing him the game. They were only down by six. All they needed was a touchdown, and they're playing in the divisional round this week. But instead, they run a QB draw with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. So that was one of the worst plays I've seen in recent history, and it was... I'm I'm happy it happened because it was funny to watch. Yeah, and if you're a guy that believes in Dak Prescott being your, you know, franchise quarterback, I would want my franchise quarterback to take two shots down the field or or take one shot, get out of bounds. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady is dialing up two passes there. Oh, Tom Brady's question. scoring a touchdown. Rogers two. Twenty seconds left on the clock at least. And Josh Allen would probably been you know smart enough to run the ball for twelve yards, get out of bounds with two seconds left. Yeah, it seems like Dak Prescott just doesn't have the same mobility that he used to have. Uh, but. I don't blame him. I mean, the injury he had last season was awful. He's probably going to win AP Comeback Player of the Year, but no one really cares if you lose in the wild card round of the of the playoffs. So, Cowboys are, I guess we'll just call the, the whole Cowboys organization the Stooge of the Week. Stooge of the Week, brought to you by Spencer. Spencer, Stooge of the Week, the Dallas Cowboys, and their terrible play calling, terrible decision making late in the ball game last week as they lost their playoff hopes, or their Lombardi hopes in their playoff game, uh, they took an L in. Uh, but either way, terrible t- uh, situation there for Dallas. I love to see it. I've always thought that they're overrated each and every year. And, uh, you know, they did uh, they did give Tampa scares early on in the season, week one, but Tampa yeah, was one. able to take care of business and uh, obviously proved that they were the better team. Now, moving on to the big three, brought to you by... Information on-demand pre-employment screening services offering fast, accurate, and affordable background screening services. Whether you need criminal background checks, drug screenings, E-Verify, academic accreditations, or other screening services, they've got you covered. I see you counting over there, Spence. You can rest easy knowing a highly trained search team will get you the information you need in eight hours or less. That's, that's no time. Information on-demand, fast, accurate, and affordable pre-employment background screening services give them a call today 855-914-4636 or visit informationondemand.net you see what i did there the big three fast accurate and affordable yeah and do it right before you go to bed and then you wake up if you have a full night to sleep you're it's already been done so eight hours or less eight hours or less eight hours or less that's all it takes but it's the big three this week 
plus one because we have four NFL playoff games to talk about, and I think it would be disrespectful to those eight teams that made the that are still alive in the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, to leave you know two of these teams out. So we'll start off with uh, Saturday. Well, we'll mention these games first on Saturday. Cincinnati at Tennessee. Uh, San Francisco takes on Green Bay at Lambeau Field. Sunday we have the Rams at Buccaneers and Ray J, and the Bills take on the Chiefs Sunday night. Going to be a lot of fun, but. I think we have to break down these games and uh, the matchup that we have here and talk a little bit more about the lines because starting off with Saturday at 4.30, the Tennessee Titans are a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Cincinnati Bengals. And the Titans are the home team. They do have the return of the King Henry, yep, who's back in action. I don't know how much he's going to play. I think he practiced two days this week. That's fine. I what's mean, your, yeah, what's your take on that? Do you feel do like he's going to play? much. Uh, he's 100% going to get every single carry for that team. I mean, Deontay Foreman did a good job uh, in relief of him over the season, and they won a lot of games that they probably shouldn't have won. And that's why I really do think Cincinnati has a great shot to beat this team. The Titans have somehow they've, – they've been able to win with all the injuries that they've had, and that's a credit to who should be coach of the year, Mike Vrabel. But I think Cincinnati in this game is going to win. I think Joe Burrow – uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Uzama, the rest of that offense with Joe Mixon as well. I think they're going to take over and they're going to beat Tennessee in Tennessee. I mean, in Nashville, I think Cincinnati's going to win this game by a good amount. I think Joe Scheiste is a great quarterback. I think it really comes down to the battle of the quarterbacks, and I don't think Tannehill has it compared to Joe Burrow. So I've got Cincinnati in this game. For me, it comes down to defenses, and obviously it's going to be tough for either side. you got Joe Burrow and his workload of offense with – uh, his three-headed monster, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and, of course, uh, Tyler Boyd. But at the same time, how do you stop Derrick Henry? I don't foresee the Cincinnati Bengal defense being able to slow down Derrick Henry one bit. I, I think don't that think the they Titans have prevail. to. I don't think they have to slow him down because I think the, the Bengals are going to be scoring so fast and the Titans are going to be taking so much time off the clock. The Titans are eventually going to run out of time to tie the Bengals. I think the Bengals are going to win by a good amount in this one. I mean, that's a good point. If they get down to a shootout, uh, obviously the Tennessee Titans will waste a lot more time than Joe Burrow and the Bengals would have to. Just with their offensive playing style, again, Ryan Tannehill, not a great quarterback. He did a good job, though, without Derrick Henry. Not a great job, but he did a good job. I mean, they won games. Uh, They won more than they lost, obviously. They finished the the season as of right now. They're 12-5. and Somehow. Um, I don't know how, but... Vrabes. Also, yeah, great coaching. And again, their defense and their secondary, not too not hot. Great. So it is going to be torched on this game on Saturday evening or Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Yeah. I don't know. Three-and-a-half-point favorite Tennessee Titans. I think that they do win this ball game. I think it comes down to the final minutes. I think that Derrick Henry does enough. But if Derrick Henry somehow tweaks his ankle or gets tweaked up by any means, any injury at all for Derrick Henry, I think that the Tennessee Titans will lose this ball game at home. Cincinnati, they want it bad enough. Uh, Joe Burrow wants it bad enough. And I know I sound condescending, but I, I am going to pick the Tennessee Titans, the home team, and this football game on Saturday. Give me 27-24. The Tennessee Titans prevail over the Bengals. No. What do you got? Uh, I already chose Cincinnati. Yeah, but do you have a score? Uh, more than 14 they're going to win by. That's my hot take as well. Hot take is Cincinnati beats the Titans by 14+. plus. Mm-hmm. That's pretty hot. On the road. Yep. Against a, against a team that wins. They've got heart. They've got grit, but they don't have Joe Shiesty at quarterback. So, But they got Derrick Henry. I don't care. You really think 14 points? I just think that A.J. Brown and Julio Jones together are either hit or miss in any game, 
and Ryan Tannehill almost had as many interceptions as he did touchdown this season. So the Bengals' defense is going to take advantage of the Titans' shaky passing attack. Uh, Trey Hendrickson is going to be playing this week. He's one of their best defensive ends. So I think Cincinnati is going to win this game. I would love to see it. I just don't think it happens. I am pulling for the Bengals to pull off a victory, but I think the home team wins. And more often than not, in the playoffs, that's exactly what happens. Uh, and, of course, both teams first place in their respective divisions. But moving on now to Saturday evening in which the San Francisco 49ers travel to Green Bay, take on Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Devontae Adams, A.J. Dillon, of course, the other running back, the superstar running back. Uh, not Adams. For who? Jones. Aaron Jones, oh. running back for the Packers. Uh, should be interesting there, but I think that San Francisco somehow musters out a victory on the road. That's my hot take. The 49ers win, and it doesn't come down to Jimmy G in particular. I think it comes down to do-it-all Debo. The 49ers win. I think their defense is good enough to keep their offense in the football game. If Debo Samuel scores two touchdowns or more, two is a lot for a guy like Debo, yeah. but he does get the ball a lot. In fact, last week he said, give me the ball, coach. The next play, he gets the ball, he scores the touchdown. If Debo Samuel scores two touchdowns, the 49ers will prevail over the Green you Bay Packers. Pick, you, can't, you can't give it an ultimatum. You just got to pick a team. Okay. 49ers prevail on okay. the road and Green Bay. Even though Green Bay a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home, it's going to be fun to see which team prevails, but I think Jimmy G has to prove it. Richard Sherman said that Jimmy G is the quarterback moving forward next year and the years to come, and uh, Richard Sherman gives a lot of praise where credit is due, in my opinion. I think he's a pretty fair analyst, per se, and he played with Jimmy G, so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I think the 49ers do prevail on the road against Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers, wave goodbye, because if he does, if he does lose this game, it's over for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Write it down. This is probably the easiest pick of, of this week for me. I, I've got Green Bay in this game. They're the home team. Right now in Green Bay, it's negative 10 degrees. San Francisco plays in warm weather. I mean, there's really no opportunity that, that San Francisco is going to be able to stop the rushing attack of A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and then any time Devontae Adams Fred is Warner. 1v1 with any cornerback, he's going to beat the cornerback. I mean, the 49ers don't have a great secondary either. And I think Josh Norman is like their best cornerback this season. So I'm going to have to go Green Bay by a lot in this game. I mean, they're the home team. It's going to be negative five on on Saturday. So it's a, this is an 8 p.m. game. This, yeah, this is an easy Green Bay all day. Wind gust of up to eight to 10 miles per hour. And so. Jimmy G's just not. He's, he's not, not it. good. He's not it, but I think that he plays good this week, and I think that nope. Debo gets it done. Do it all, Debo. They call him do it all, Debo, yeah, for a reason. Yeah, and Alexander's back. David Bakhtiari's coming back. I mean, Packers are getting healthy at the right time, and they're going to be in the NFC Championship game come next week. We'll find out. Obviously, these games take place on Saturday. Now moving on to Sunday's games. The Rams play against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's in Tampa. This is going to be a tight ball game. I think this is the game where you look at well, I think both games on Sunday are going to be pretty tight ball games. Yes. Uh, Rams at Bucks, Bills at Chiefs. Rams at Bucks does scare me a little bit, but I do think that it's tough to beat the same team twice in a year. The Rams already had their way with the Bucks earlier in the season. Mike Evans said it earlier this week that it gives them more motivation. Bucks are getting healthier at the right time. Uh, they're the home team. They play very good at home. It's not a night game for Tom Brady. So that's huge. Huge. A 3 p.m. game. It's it's barely going to be creeping into into the nighttime when that game's in the fourth quarter. So Bucks are the three point favorite too. Three o'clock. Three point favorite Buccaneers take on the Los Angeles Rams. Matt Stafford has to ring the bell again. Can he win another playoff game? 
I don't think so. I think that he just had his big high. He finally got that monkey off his back, per se, and I think that he chokes in this one. They need OBJ to have a big game. And I think the secondary for the Bucks is, is not necessarily the best in terms of their their cornerbacks, but the safety play is unreal. Yeah, that's great. Jamel Dean is playing really good right now. Um, we'll find out who comes to play in terms of uh, Rams wide receivers matched up against the Buccaneers secondary. But it all starts up front. Dom Kinsu, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul. I'd love to see him make a big play here and there. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett's back. He said he's 100%. And then also Andre I mean, Levante Whitworth. Levante Davis the other side. back. Uh, Devin White. The front, our front seven is the best. And then you look when at the other healthy. side. I think this, you know, is a little bit of a difficult matchup for the uh, Buccaneers because the Rams' front is very quick. It's not necessarily big. Uh, it's the complete opposite of the Buccaneers' defensive front. Von Miller's quick. Aaron Donald. He's big, but he's fast. He plays electrifying, and he's going to have a tough matchup if the Bucks have Tristan Wirth. If Tristan Wirth isn't playing, I'm not feeling good going into this game. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to play. Yeah, he hasn't practiced yet this week. So, As of the recording on Thursday evening, we'll have to find out how things play out on Thursday. Or, sorry, Friday. Uh, but it's going to be a difficult task there for the Buccaneer offensive line. It can be done. It just comes down to, I think, experience in the playoffs. Tom Brady has 35 playoff wins under his belt. He can really dictate the outcome of the football game. They're the home team. It's in Tampa. I think it's a close game, but I think it's a high-scoring game. I'll say 38-35, Tampa Bay prevails on Sunday. 3 p.m. kickoff, I feel really good about that. Uh, the Bucks crowd played a huge impact in that game last week against the Eagles, and I think that continues this week on Sunday. Yeah, both these teams in the wild-card round played bad teams. I mean, the Cardinals were a... a fringe playoff team the Eagles were at, at the fringe I mean both teams coming into this game playing getting pretty easy wins I mean the Rams won by 20 plus and the Bucks won by 16 even though we handled the Eagles the entire game so this is a big game if worse doesn't go I'm feeling really bad going into this game uh hopefully Lenny Leonard Fournette gets to play this week uh, I think he's going to be back Hopefully, Matthew Stafford returns to his form that he was in like three weeks ago where he was just throwing pick sixes every Two game. Two picks in each game in the last yeah. three out of the last four games so, of the regular season. If if you think about it, I mean, it comes down to which offense is going to do better. And you've got Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, uh, Higby, Cam Akers is back yeah. on one side, and then Sony Michelle is their backup. Then you got Mike Evans and Gronk on the offense if Fournette and Worse doesn't go. So... I'm not going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs, so I'm going to go with the Bucks in this game, but I will not be shocked if the Rams win this one. Yeah, it would be a tough loss for Tampa Bay. Fortunately, if they do lose, Tom is 100% back next year. I think he is anyways, but that proves everybody that thinks he's done. If, if he loses in this game, he's for sure back, and he'll come back with a vengeance. And also the fact that Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the MVP, surprisingly in my opinion, uh, it's going to fuel Tom Brady. He's going to go you know, bonkers here in the playoffs. so. And that would inspire me. I think it was 34 votes to Brady's 16 votes for AP MVP, which is yeah. crazy. I don't well, think luckily, it was that Well, luckily, big of a the MVP is tied to not winning the Super Bowl. So most people, most most players who win the MVP go on to lose in the Super Bowl or don't even make it to the Super Bowl. So exactly, that's because we'll that other guy, goes. that number two guy, just gets fueled yep. with fire, and uh, that'll be Tom Brady this year in the playoffs. But the whole situation with Tristan Wirfs, who's a phenomenal offensive lineman for the Buccaneers, he got hurt. What, probably second quarter last mm -hmm. week? 
came out of the ball game, was replaced by Josh Wells. Wells was doing good, very good, until they decided to put Werfs back in the game, and then maybe six plays later, yeah, he Werfs goes back it. down, which was stupid to put him in because the Bucks were dominating the Eagles. Yeah. You put Wells back in, and he falls apart. Yep, he got he cooled off, came back to reality. Yeah, he gave up like three third down sacks in the second half. So, and that was just stupid coaching and stupid decision by the trainers to say, "Hey, you know what, Tristan? We know that you want to go back into the ball game. We're going to give you that green light. Go back in. We're up by twenty, whatever it was. Stupid decision there. Moving on to Sunday night football, big time game. This is one that everybody. I think both games on Sunday are huge. I think mm-hmm. those are two games that. Any football fan will tune into Saturday. All games, of these are must watch. Yeah, they're all I must mean, watch. But for the average fan, I think that this is the best. Sundays, the Bills Chiefs is the best game. Yep. Sunday night football game: Buffalo Bills against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are a two and a half point favorite. They are the home team at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, it'll be fun to see this one play out. I think two of the best young quarterbacks in the league: Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, go head to head. I really don't know how this is going to play out. I don't know if it's going to be a surprisingly low-scoring game, which I highly doubt, or if it's going to be a high-scoring game, touchdown-for-touchdown type situation, guns of blazing offenses uh, between these two guys. I I don't know. I'd like to hear your your thoughts first before I give mine on this one. I've got Kansas City in this game. I just think that it comes down to experience, and the Chiefs have way more experience. They've made the Super Bowl two years in a row, an opportunity to do it three times in a row, and depending on... I mean, I think that whoever wins this game is going to be in the Super Bowl in the AFC. So I've got the Chiefs in this game just based off of experience, and their defense is playing great as of recent. If they can get the ground game going at all, the game's over because the the Bills cannot stop the run. That's a known fact. They have one of the best secondaries, but their front seven is is not great. So if the Chiefs can get the ground game going, I think Chiefs are going to win this game by handedly probably. So I've got the Chiefs in this one. We do know that, generally speaking, the Bills' rushing attack is not very good. Uh, I think their leading rusher had 820 yards in the regular season. Singletary, Devin Singletary. Yeah. And then Josh, uh, Josh Allen was just behind him at number two with over 700 yards rushing. But then in the playoff game last week, Singletary showed up, showed out, and you said that he would last week heading into that game. And he definitely did against the Patriots. I think he had two touchdown scores yeah, pretty quickly great. in that ballgame. Played extremely well. Looked like a total different uh, running back. And then you had Josh Allen do his thing, running the football too, and then dicing up that Patriot defense. I think we see more of the same this week. I think the Buffalo Bills will win this ball game. And I do think that you're right about whoever wins this game is going to be in the big game for the AFC. And coming into this season, I had the Bucks and the Bills playing in the Super Bowl in February. I think we see that. I think the Bills will win this game against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. Uh, and I think that it just has to be now. If not now, then win for Josh Allen. He's playing great football right now. And he and Patrick Mahomes are going to be going at it year after year. The more times that Patrick Mahomes gets the, you know, the feeling of what it's like to lose in the Super Bowl or be in the Super Bowl, the less likely it is that Josh Allen makes an appearance even in the AFC Championship. Yeah. So, I mean, I would love to see a Bengals-Bills AFC Championship game. And that would be great. And I think that the Bills would probably wax. Yeah. The Bengals, in my opinion. But I do think that the Bills win this game at Arrowhead. I think that uh, Jackson Mahomes put some bad juju. He didn't do it last week, but I think that he answers your hot take from last week in which uh, Jackson Mahomes would meet up with Juju Smith-Schuster and do some kind of TikTok dance. I think that Jackson really screws over his brother in this game on Sunday Night Football, and Josh Allen prevails, and 
uh, moves his team along into the AFC Championship game. Give me 49-45. Chiefs lose this game. Bills win. 49-40. I think it is high scoring. Again, Chiefs defense is playing really good, but how do you slow down Josh Allen? Especially if they have that ground game going with Devin Singletary. They also have another back, uh, Zach Moss. It's pretty decent if he does touch the ball. He's a good receiving back. And, again, Stephon Diggs, how are you going to slow him down? I'd like to see answers. We're going to find out this Sunday as I'll count it down, 49-45, the final score. Bills prevail over the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a lot of fun. Either way, no matter who wins this game, this is the game that you must watch. I think that all four games are huge. Again, that's why they're a part of the big three plus one here on the Chris Mathis Podcast this week, brought to you by Information On Demand. Check out informationondemand.net. Uh, I don't know if you have any more final remarks. Yeah, I mean these these game. are huge games, all four of them, and it, it it's bad for me because I know I'm not going to get any homework that I should be getting done this weekend because this takes up Saturday and Sunday basically the whole night. So I'm excited. I've got Cincinnati, I've got Green Bay, I've got the Bucks, and I've got the Chiefs for m- the f- the four teams that are going to be in the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. I've got Cincy, I've got San Fran, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I've got the Buffalo beer, uh, Bills. About said the beers. They are, yeah. The they Bills could be the beers with so. their mafia. We'll see. Uh, obviously, they throw other things on the field. Yeah. But I think that uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Hopefully, you guys take the time out of your days to find oh. time to watch some playoff football. What's that? Man, if the Bills throw what they usually throw on the field, and Jackson Mahomes gets a hold of one of those, could be over. Th- the Bills could win. It. If this was if the Bills were at home, I would go with the Bills, but I still got to stick with the Chiefs, even though there is an opportunity that they might throw what they normally yeah. throw on the field. And Jackson Mahomes runs out there, does a TikTok dance, and picks it up, and that gives the the Chiefs the bad luck, and the they Bills call win. It the magic stick. Yeah, the magic stick. If you guys are unsure of what we're talking about, check out TCM underscore Pod on Twitter. We posted it to Twitter. Uh, even my grandmother saw the tweet. You know, ev- everybody saw the tweet. You have to go follow us, TCM underscore Pod. But that kind of closes out our playoff panel, the big three for this week, brought to you by Information On Demand. Uh, And we're going to have to close out the show with some huge news. As, you know, we continue with our Talk To Him Tuesday segment here on the Chris Mathis Podcast or show. Every couple of weeks we like to talk with somebody that's doing big things, whether it be sports-related, whether it be in terms of coming up with a TV show, an artist, a designer, anything really. Any big-time guest that we could have on the show, we're willing to talk to and promote what they do. This week's guest on Tuesday, pretty awesome. Yeah. Super Bowl 37 champion, 15-year NFL veteran quarterback, Brad Johnson, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, Washington Redskins at the time. The Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings, and most notably, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as he won the big thing, the Super Bowl back in 2003 as they waxed the Oakland Raiders. 48-21 the final score. Brad Johnson, former Florida State quarterback, uh, Super Bowl champion, Exciting. is going to join us right here on TCM Pod. It's going to be a lot of fun. I spoke with him on my radio show a, a few months back. It was cool, but didn't get as much time as I wanted to. This yeah. is going to be 45 minutes to an hour of just hammering some awesome questions to a superstar quarterback, a guy that was in the league for 15 years, won the big game, and uh, continues to stay in the limelight. One of his or both of his sons at, at Texas A&M now, Max Johnson, the quarterback, and then the tight end, the tight end Jake Johnson. So they just breed success there with the yeah. Johnson family. And if you've if you guys have any questions that you want us to ask, Mister Big Bad, Big Bad Brad, 
uh, on Tuesday. Send him over to D. Chris Mathis on Instagram. No, TCM underscore pod. TCM underscore pod, not your account? Yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go with the theme. We're going to go Saturday. If you guys are listening to this Saturday, check out Instagram. Open up the Instagram app on your phone. Search TCM underscore pod. Yep. And then we're going to have a story posted. uh, And it's going to say, you know, put in your input. Question you want to ask. Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson uh, on Tuesday's show. And the top three responses that we get, we will ask that question on the show. And you're not going to want to miss out. And there's a good shot that, obviously, you have a question asked. So, I mean, it's a Super Bowl champion that still stays in the limelight. He does awesome TikTok videos, trick shots, uh, is a coach, does a lot of interviews. And I would call him a friend of mine. I got to meet up with him a few months ago at a high school that he was coaching for his son. Uh, We text often. Big Brad Brad, 14, right here on the podcast. Tuesday. Talk to him Tuesday with Super Bowl 37 champion quarterback Brad Johnson. Do not miss it. Uh, Once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and I think it's going to be the best interview to date. And we've had some great guests on our podcast on Talk to Him Tuesday. We had Joseph Mancuso, quarterback at University of Richmond, as he gets ready for the NFL. We had Corey Crouch, CC Creations with a Z on Instagram, digital creator, the exclusive content creator for the Chris Mathis podcast. And then we're going to have Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson this week on Tuesday. God. Don't miss it. It goes live at 7 a.m. Going to be a lot of fun. And I think what's really cool is that we used to watch that Super Bowl championship a lot. season like yeah. left and right. Real talk, how many times do you think we saw that? Uh, at least 100. At least, at if least. not more. And we would just rewatch that entire season. Yep. Week one all the way through. And then the Bucks win the big game against the Raiders, 48-21. In San Diego. Yep. Fire them cannons. I'll start up the gun. Gene Decker off with the call, and we get to talk with, I would say, someone who had a big impact on my childhood in regards to sports, Brad Johnson, Super Bowl champion quarterback right here on the Chris Mathis podcast on Tuesday. Do not miss it. Spread the word. And go check out our Instagram, TCM underscore pod. Leave your input. What question do you want to hear us ask live on the show on Tuesday? Yeah with an NFL quarterback that was in the league not just a host for five years, 15 years. He had yeah. a longevity-type career and was successful at every stop. And final note, if you miss this, if you miss Talk to Him Tuesday this week, we're going to have to send someone to come to your school and steal your lunch money. So I wouldn't bet on – I would I would not miss this. This is huge. Uh, if you want to get beat up and your your lunch money taken away from you, don't, don't tune in. You, you hear that, Paul? Paul, yeah. we haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I don't know if we sent our guys the last time after I got his fantasy playoff hopes. Yeah. You, you ruined them. Tarnished or what, but haven't heard from Paul in quite some Paul, if, you, if you're hearing this right now, shoot me a text. As always, guys, that closes out the Chris Mathis podcast. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TCM underscore pod. Do not miss Talk to Him Tuesday with Super Bowl champion quarterback Brad Johnson.